Wow. Uh, okay, so um, my initial thought, because Grant texted me and he was gone because he took Brad to Lecrae. Lecrae is at James River Freeway right now. James River Freeway? James, he's, he's, on, he's on the freeway. Lecrae is on the freeway rapping currently. <laughs> Thank you. Try the veal. Uh, but I was going to go into this whole thing about, uh, anyway, that's, why, that's why I'm doing the opener. I don't know. I was going to talk about Fauci or masks or his pitching abilities. But then I come in and they play Sweet Home Alabama, and it reminds me of this youth event I went to when I was in high school. And there was this band there called Jonas, and they did Jonas what? Brothers? No, Jonas. <laughs> Jonas Brothers were not born yet. But they did what Phil is very. Fair, Phil is, if you guys don't know this, Phil hates changing lyrics of things. To turn them into something. Yeah, we actually did change one lyric. Well, I'm well, not going to tell the lyric that we changed. You probably needed to, but <laughs> I'm saying if you were going to change this into a Christian song. Yeah. But this band, Jonas, changed this song, Sweet Home, Sweet Home, Sweet Home Alabama, into Sweet Home Up in Heaven. Yeah, I've heard that. Nathan I've heard that version. Yeah. So, I hate that version. Well, it wasn't like I was cranking it out when I, even when I heard it, but I was like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh. Right. Well, <laughs> you do get like two solo breaks in there, though. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just saying. Exactly. Le Leonard Skinner, like, absolutely loves a solo. Like, lo loves giving oh, you yeah. lost breaks. I mean, Freebird is seven minutes of, well, three minutes of, four minutes of solo and three minutes of. We'll do that song next week. There, there you go. <laughs> Leonard Skinner. Anyway, guys, welcome to Crosspoint. Uh, it's good stuff. Anything else? Anybody else want to add anything about Sweet Home Alabama? I think, Sweet Home I, up I think we covered it. All right, Orla Craig, you want me to rap? No. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. A lot, a lot of Eagle solos. Well, thanks for joining us uh, instead of um, Lecrae this morning. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and uh, uh, stand up on your feet. Let's uh, worship God together. is on our side. 
falls it won't prevail cause the God I serve knows only how to triumph my God will never fail never my God will never fail I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory for the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, There's power in the mighty name of Jesus. Every war he wages, he will win. Yeah. So I'm not backing down from any giant. Cause I know how this story ends. Yes, we know. Yes, I know how this story ends.
You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. Sing that. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You do this every day, Lord. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn that every day for us. You have a seat. Thanks for singing with us. Good morning. We are so glad that you are here with us this morning. I really only have one announcement, and that's this. Next week, okay, next week after service, about 11.15, we are going to be having a water balloon fight, okay, on the grass here. Now listen, this is for everyone, meaning there's no age limit. It's not just for the kids. If you want to participate in this, you are more than welcome to come and participate. I will be in this water balloon fight. I'll be honest, mainly to be a target for the children, but there's also a good chance that at some point I fire one off and make one of your kids cry. Not intentionally, just saying what's going to happen, okay? I'm halfway joking uh, because I won't do it on purpose, but, 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 this is a big but. Please come, plan for your kids to come and participate in this, and have some fun too. We'll have some time to change into another pair of clothes if we so choose, but it's going to be a good time. It'll be fun. Again, water balloon fight after church next Sunday. Um, this is mainly for the leadership team. We will move our meeting to the Sunday after that just as to not interfere or have to scramble and stay way, way late. So not the first Sunday of the month, but the second Sunday of the month we'll have our leadership meeting. And then uh, a couple other things. If you're comfortable with it, my wife made some banana bread. If you're at home, it's good. I guess you won't know. But there's some back there if anybody wants some. We're not sure how it tastes apparently, but I thought it was good. So feel free to take some of that. Otherwise, we're gonna ta- we are going to take a five-minute connection break. Uh, put your mask on if you so choose to talk to somebody else. And uh, let's do that, and then we'll get into our new series surrounding Ezra.
in three, two, one, go. Dave, I don't know. Is there a buffer? That's fine. I just... Guys, it's all good. I know I threw, like, curveball. I just didn't know. So I didn't want to step on Dave. Oh, no. No, Dave. No, Dave. Dave, no. No, Dave. Uh, I just didn't want to step on Dave's buffer toes if he got a buffer for us. So we are starting a new series today. Uh, And like I said, it's surrounding Ezra. And it's called Rebuilding Blocks, Lessons from Ezra's from Ezra. And today specifically uh, is titled Damaged But Not Destroyed. Damaged But Not Destroyed. Now, one of the greatest qualities that I think that we see in humanity is perseverance. We often see it after a disaster, hurricane, tornado, earthquake, um, illness in a family, car wreck, that type of thing, right? Something that went really wrong for us. There's, there's something about humanity that, that's able to look destruction in the face and say, we're going to rebuild what we've lost and you know what, maybe even to a, de- a greater degree th- than what we started with. And just because something is torn down and damaged doesn't mean that it's a complete loss. It doesn't mean that it's completely destroyed, especially, and here's the key for us, especially when God is in the picture, when God is working in the adev- endeavor. So things like friendships and marriages, occupations, attitudes, churches can all be rebuilt with God. And so we're going to be looking at Ezra chapter 3 today and a little bit into chapter 4. It's the story of the Israelites rebuilding the altar and the temple after a second exodus. So when we come to Ezra, what we see is that the Israelites had just been in a Babylonian captivity for decades. And the second exodus occurs, and Ezra's oftentimes referred to, honestly, as a second Moses. He filled that same role for the Israelites in this second coming out of captivity that they were participating in. And so we look at kind of Ezra's story in the book of Ezra, shocking, I know, but especially in chapter three and chapter four, we're looking at the rebuilding of the altar and the temple. And from this chapter, we learn some very important lessons about overcoming various life trials, but not just trials, about how to just attack endeavors that we partake in in life, right? So when we set a goal for us to be able to do something, there's certain aspects that we see in this story here in chapter 3 and chapter 4 that will help make us successful when we are trying to either rebuild something that's been broken or just take on a brand new project. Does that make sense? I hope so. So in Ezra chapter 3 verses 1 through 3, we're told that when the seventh month came and the Israelites had settled in their towns, the people assembled together as one in Jerusalem. Then Joshua, son of Josedek, and his fellow priests, Zerubbabel, bull, bull, son of Shealtiel, good grief with these, huh? And his associates began to build the altar of the God of Israel to sacrifice burnt offerings on it in accordance with what was written in the law of Moses, the man of God. Despite their fear the peoples of the peoples around them, they built the altar on its foundation and sacrificed burnt offerings on it to the Lord both morning and evening sacrifices. So again, coming out of a decades-long captivity, they have this like seven-month grace period where they're trying to reacclimate themselves with how to live as free people. And they come together, okay? They come together, uh, all together, and we're taught our very first important lesson. And it's this. Bold endeavors cannot be successful without unity, Bold endeavors cannot be successful without unity. See, we're told in that passage that the entirety of, the, of Israel gathered as one. 
meaning that they were unified, not just in proximity, okay? When you read scripture, you look at the original language, it's not just talking about proximity, not just that they were all in the same area, but that they were of one, of co- one accord, one mindset. They had all come together and agreed upon the singular thing to rebuild the altar and rebuild the temple. Now, together they decided that that was the right course, and because of the support that they had in each other, they didn't let the hurdles they faced stop them from their task. Namely, the fear of the other people groups that they had experienced, which is mentioned in verse 3 where it says, despite their fear of the peoples around them. See, what had happened in this time is that Assyria had deported uh, foreigners into Palestinian territory. And so it wasn't just the Israelites among themselves. They were there with all other different types of people groups and different types of religions and different types of thought processes, and they were afraid of what would happen to them when they come under attack. They just got out of captivity, right? After decades, after having been under attack and taken into captivity, after decades, here they are, and they're rebuilding this altar, and they're fearful about the other people groups surrounding them. What if they see this, they don't like it, and they decide to come and attack us, tear us down, and we have to fight again? So they're fearful. But even despite their fear, they they decided together that this is the right course that we are going to take. And unity is what helped them overcome that fear. Right? It would have been real easy for them to break down if half the assembly said, yeah, we should do this. And the other half said, hold up, we don't want to be under attack. Hold up, we don't want to have to face this opposition. We, we, We are not in agreement. But everybody together got on the same page and said, we will support this task. We will support the specific task of building the altar. And these, these people groups, they were not only not aligned in vision, but in fact, honestly, probably opposed what the Israelites wanted to do, which brings up another hurdle for us. It's really easy to accomplish something when everybody's on the same page, right? It, it's really difficult, not just when somebody's not on the same page, but when they're actively fighting against what it is we're trying to accomplish, right? It, it, we can apply this to anything. If we are trying to rebuild a broken friendship... And let's say that both friends aren't on the same page. Both friends don't want the same outcome. But it's been laid on our heart that, man, I need to go and repair this relationship. But the other side says, I have no desire to repair this relationship. You're fighting an uphill battle. One that you may never win. Or if there are two friends in a broken friendship who decide, hey, we we need to rebuild this relationship. And we want to take it back to this certain point wherever we agree upon, but there's a third friend that gets in the mix and decides, I don't want this friendship to be rebuilt. And you always have somebody tugging at you to not fix the issue. It becomes infinitely more difficult. And that's with everything. If we wanted to build a new church building one day and and everybody was on the same page, but Dave Plemons said, I'm using you, Dave, because you would be on the same page and I know I can't. But Dave Plemons said, not only do I think this is a bad idea, I am going to start a campaign against it. It's going to be near impossible for us to accomplish something if we're not all together. And so the Israelites teach us in this time that unity, unity is of utmost importance. Unity is the driving force past and through opposition. Past and through opposition. Opposition. Now, I look around at our church, and I'll be very honest with you. I want to partake in bold endeavors. I want Crosspoint not to be the Crosspoint that it's been for its whole existence, and that's not being a negative thing. I want to, I want to be very clear about this. I'm not trashing everything that was there before me, okay? Not saying that. I was a part of a lot of it before me. I'm not doing that. That's not what I'm saying. 
All I'm saying is that I want to keep making sure that we are moving forward and making progress towards God's vision for our church. And I think that God not only wants to do big things through Crosspoint, but that he will. In the next three years, I would love to see Crosspoint Fellowship take part in a global mission trip. I would like to see a group of our church find passion and work towards finding a people group who needs to be served and saying that we will raise the funds, we will come together to plan, we will do everything necessary to make sure that this happens. I would love to see us do that. There's bold vision for you. It's not something that, at least to my knowledge, we've ever done. Haven't done it during my time, at least, I will say. In order for us to accomplish such things, we have to be unified. And I feel like at this time, at least as I can just talk about the window that I've been here, at this time we are as well prepared from a standpoint of unity, from a standpoint of everybody being able to come together and get on the same page and back the same cause and work towards the same goal. I feel like we are as well prepared now as we have maybe ever been. And so I expect God to do wondrous, marvelous things through us. I not only believe that he can do these things, I believe that he will. 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 He may make a wheel. Now, if I'm being frank also, I feel like we have been going through a rebuilding process over the past couple years. Right? It's been no secret. We talked about it a couple years ago. On a month of February, we bounced a rent check. We were in dire straits, didn't know what the church was going to look like moving forward. I have been told by people that have been here since the beginning that we are now in the best financial stand, like standing that we've ever been as a church, and that is something to praise God about. That is something to praise God about. And I, I just see us moving forward and taking the necessary steps to not only have this unity, but to have the infrastructure to use a word that's so often thrown around when it talks about building things, that we have the infrastructure and the support to be able to just go forward and do some amazing explosive things for the kingdom. And I am excited about that. I'm excited about that. But we can only do these great things and we can only take on bold endeavors if we decide that we will do them together. We will decide that we do them together. In chapter 3, we learn a second important lesson. A second important lesson. And that's that we should celebrate the successes. That we should stop and take a chance to smell the roses, so to speak. It's important in life that we do so. We need to celebrate the goodness that God has done in our lives. So all those things I just talked about, the, the, the great strides that we have made, sometimes I think it's so easy to overlook those things and, and, and think about everything else we still have to do that we forget to just stop and celebrate what it is that God has already done. What it is that God has already done. And so in Ezra chapter 3, after laying the foundation of the temple, not even completing it, okay, they just laid the foundation. It's just the very beginning process of getting the building back up. In Ezra 3.10 it says, When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments and with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals, took their places to praise the Lord, as prescribed by David, king of Israel. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord, He is good, and His love towards Israel endures forever. I have questions for you. Things that are going to be introspective. I want you to think about them. 
How often do you lift up praises instead of prayers? Or maybe we should say praises instead of petitions. How often is it that you tell God thank you instead of please? Some of you I know would be able to say every day or almost every day. I think Mike Brooks is in that category. He's really good, really good at identifying things that need to be praises, right? We'll be at Wednesday night's gathering and, and we'll say something. He goes, we need to praise God for that, right? Some of us are better at it than others because it takes practice and it, it takes effort and it takes a decision to change our mindset to where I am going to do this. I'm, I'm going to take time to think about what it is I can praise God for and I'm going to praise God for those things. And I think that all of us individually and corporately need to be doing this better and more often. We have to take time to appreciate our progress. We already talked about how a couple years ago our church was in dire financial straits and I mean, talk about flipping something on its head. We are in a completely different position. And we have all of you that are here and those of you watching online to thank for that. Because you've not only shown a commitment to our church, you've so shown a commitment to God and a commitment to being selfless and saying that I am going to make sure that I'm paying my tithe and giving offerings even during times of financial downturn, even in times of our economy collapsing, right? The first month after our economy collapsed, our giving was as about as high as it has ever been for that specific month. Praise God. Praise God. And thank you. We need to take time to celebrate these things. Nobody likes a money conversation one way or the other. But this is something to praise God for. We are very blessed. And you collectively are blessing this church. And because you have blessed this church, we are able to bless our community during this time of COVID-19, year to date, okay? And it's maybe a little bit more, so I'm giving a smaller number. But we have given over $7,000 to missional causes. You have made that possible. <laughs> Praise God. Again, this isn't a, a point of braggadociousness. Is that a word? It should be if it's not. Braggadociousness. Okay. I'm not saying this so we can brag about it and we can be happy about it and we can pat ourselves on the back. There are churches who look at $7,000 and be like, ha, that was last Tuesday, right? So, but for us, it's a big deal. For us, it shows how far God has brought us in the two and a half years I've been the pastor of the church. And it's something that we need to praise God for because it's not me, it's not something I've done personally. And it's not even something you've done personally, but collectively it's something we've done because I feel like we have a group of believers who are on the same page and want to fight for the good of the kingdom and see Crosspoint as a viable and good way to do that. And so I'm appreciative. And I praise God for that. And I praise God for you. And it's important that when we have a success in life, right, we graduate with a master's or some other sort of certification or it's an anniversary or it's a birthday or we got a promotion at work or we tried something new, some hobby, some something, and it, it was great and we enjoyed it. And we, it's important that we celebrate those things. And it's okay to do so. It's okay to take pride in yourself. It's okay to, to thank God for what he's done in your life. In fact, I think that he would probably enjoy that greatly. 
have a success, throw yourself a little party within reason, right? But, but it's important that we in life not just always look forward to what it is that we can do and what it is that we want to do and, and the struggles that we still have to face. It's important for us to look back and say, man, I remember when this happened and I remember when that happened and I'm just so thankful that God has brought me to the point that I am. And God, I praise you for this. I praise you for this. It's important. It's important. God's doing huge things here at Crosspoint. I truly believe that. I think that he'll do even bigger things and that he'll continue to work through our church if we would just all get on board. And I'm not saying we're not. I'm I'm just saying if we can all unify towards the same cause, we'll have a lot more to praise God for in the upcoming years. And that is never a bad thing. The third thing that we need to get a hold of or think about or really grasp when it comes to taking on new tasks or trying to repair something that's been broken is this. Don't be discouraged by the imperfections of the process. Don't be discouraged by the imperfections of the process. Too many times people face opposition and they think that that's God telling them no. As if we forget that sometimes Satan is working opposite of what God wants in our lives. Sometimes there are hurdles in our path that aren't put there by God. You need to hear that. I'm not saying that God would never put a roadblock in your way to say, this is not the path I want you to go down on. But occasionally, occasionally we need to understand, and maybe more often than not, that Satan is working against what God wants to do in your life. And so sometimes when we feel opposition, when there are imperfections in our process towards working towards a goal or a task or rebuilding broken relationships or rebuilding a business or rebuilding a home or rebuilding take on, you know, put in your endeavor, rebuilding a career, rebuilding life. We can go over and over and over again. Sometimes in that process, when something just doesn't go right, we think, oh man, I'm doomed. Or this must be God saying this isn't right. And that's not necessarily the case. In Ezra chapter 4, verses 1 through 5, it said, When the enemies of Judah and Benjamin heard that the exiles were building the temple of the Lord, the God of Israel, they came to Zerubbabel, and to the heads of the families and said, Let us help you build, because like you, we seek your God and have been sacrificing to him since our time in Eshradon, king of Assyria. Yeah, it sounds good enough. Who brought us here? But Zerubbabel, Joshua, and the rest of the heads of the families of Israel answered, You have no part with us in building the temple to our God. We alone will build it for the Lord the God of Israel, as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, commanded us. Then the peoples around them set out to discourage the people of Judah and make them afraid to go on building. They bribed officials to work against them and frustrate their plans. During the entire reign of Cyrus, king of Persia, and down to the reign of Darius, king of Persia. You see, even in the best made plans, even when we're doing something that God wants us to do, just because we're trying to fix something that's broken or we're trying to take on a new task that God has laid before us and placed on our hearts to to tackle and to go after, we still may face opposition. We still may face opposition. The Israelites, the whole assembly, had come together to rebuild the altar, which is already done at this point, and to rebuild the temple. They're in this process, and outside people groups are coming to try to interfere with that process, try to interfere with that process. See, what we don't see here is that that outside people group, they they paint it as if, oh, we just want to help you. But really what they're wanting to do is corrupt a holy process for the people of Israel. 
And so the Israelites then say, hey, this is something we have to do on our own. It's been commanded by God. It was, been, it was commanded by the king of Persia who released us. And, and, and so we have to be able to do this on our own. And automatically, the minute that they turn that down, those, those people groups start working against. Right? They start trying to, to point out flaws in the plan. They start trying to cause flaws in the plan, poke holes in the issue. It's something that we want to make sure that when that happens to us, we don't just throw in the towel and give up. Because I know in my history, in my life, that's something I have done. I felt strongly about something I was doing. I felt like it was a calling place on my life that God had put there. And I faced hurdles, and I just threw in the towel and said, maybe this isn't for me. I don't know if I should admit this or not, but I'm going to. It's a lot of pastor here. When I was up for the position of pastor of Cross Point, it was me versus a few other candidates. And I don't know how close it was to going with someone else versus me. That's not my business. But there was a time when I told Jerrica that, hey, if this doesn't work out, I just, maybe I misread it. Like, I thought that this was God's calling for my life, but maybe it's just not. Maybe I've seen it wrong. And so if I don't get this job, if they don't choose me, then I guess I'm done with ministry, at least in this vein of ministry. I'll try something else or look for something else or look for another way to serve. But obviously, if this, if this doesn't work out, this position that seems so frankly perfect for where we were in life and just, if this doesn't work out, this has to be God saying no. And so there were times where it was like, man, I, if, I'm just going to be done. I'm going to quit. And you know what? It would have been very wrong of me to do. Because I'll be honest with you, I have zero doubt that this is what God has called me to do in life. But when you get no after no after no after no, and it seems like nothing ever works out as you're striving towards a goal, oftentimes it's just easier to stop. It's just easier to give up. It's easier to quit. But at no point does that mean that the calling has changed or that our purpose has changed either. So we can't look at opposition as a no from God. We can't be discouraged by the imperfections in our process because Satan works to oppose all which will bring glory to the Lord. I want you to hear that again. Satan works to oppose all which will bring glory to the Lord. Anything, everything. If it's going to bring God glory, Satan doesn't want it to happen. Satan doesn't want it to happen. And even if it's difficult in life, it doesn't mean that it's not absolutely, positively worth it. As a church, as individuals, we will face difficult days ahead. We will face difficult decisions. We will face difficult tasks. I think that when that comes, what's going to get us through is being able to rely in unity on the ones around us and to celebrate the successes that we've had before because it's those times where we remember what it is that God's done. We remind ourselves what he's capable of and what he can do in the future. And then we can't let every bump in the road tell us no. Because 
if that is how we get our answers from God, we would never do anything. We would never do anything. Let's pray. God, I come to you right now. I thank you for this day. I, I, I pray that as we go through this series in Ezra, that you continue to reveal powerful truths to us that are there in Scripture, that lessons that we just need to learn, lessons that will change our lives. Lord, use this series for your glory. Speak through me. Use me as your mouthpiece. Help us to just further ourselves and our relationships with you through what you tell us through the book of Ezra. God, we thank you for this day. We praise you for a beautiful, sunny Sunday where we can come and worship freely because there are so many out there in the world that don't have that option. There are so many things that we can praise you for on a day-to-day basis. God, help us to be better at giving you your glory, but also at appreciating what it is that has already been done for us. Put on our hearts a desire for unity. Help us to continue to push forward together because only then will we be able to do great and magnificent things that you have planned for Crosspoint Fellowship. Help us as we seek to repair broken relationships and bad attitudes and tough marriages. Help us to be bold and have courage when we face opposition as we take on new endeavors, new tasks. Lord, we thank you and we just praise your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Everything's all right. 
it's all in your hands, Lord. Your power, your presence breaks strongholds, King of heaven. When you speak, mountains move. I believe there will be
things. I believe there will be breakthrough. We believe, Lord. We believe you can do these things. Break through our strongholds. Break through our, our pain. Break through our, our struggles. Break through our sin. Do what only you can do. Move, God, move. Shake our mountains, Lord. Break our walls apart. Whatever we would place that would be more valuable than you, Lord, destroy it. Destroy it. Lord, nothing is more, more powerful than you. Nothing can, can change more than you. Nothing can bring grace and forgiveness, everything that we need more than you. Nothing can, can make us whole again than you. No relationship will do that. Nothing. We need you, God. We need you. We need you. And God, I pray through this series that this is just the start of something that you would orchestrate. You would, you would conduct this like a symphony, Lord, over the next month, Lord, that it would be your opus in us, Lord. It would be your work that would be done. There's no sermon prep. There's no band practice. There's nothing that's going to cause you to move like your spirit. Your spirit will move and your spirit will work and your spirit will do amazing things in people's hearts if we would just open up our hearts to you. And so I got to ask for that. Help us just celebrate you and what you're doing in this church. I've seen you move. You move mountains, and you have been doing that for months now, and, I, and I, I'm, we're, I think we're just now seeing the fruit of that. And, I, and God, I just want you to just not stop. Just keep moving. Just keep pushing. Keep inspiring. Keep drawing. Pull us into you, God. We love you, and we need you, and we need you in this church, and you are so at work, and I thank you for that, Lord. You are amazing. Just keep doing what you're doing and help us to, to keep opening our hearts to you and, and being receptive to you. You are so faithful. You make mountains move. And Lord, we love you so much. We sing to you. We're going to sing one more song to you, God. You are worthy of every, every bit of praise that we can throw to you. And, and uh, I wish we could just sing all morning. <laughs> um, we're going to sing one more song uh, to you, God. And, and uh, just pray that you continue to move. You make mountains move. You make giants fall. You use songs of praise to shake prison walls. I will speak to my fear. I will preach to my doubt that you
celebrate this week. God has already been moving this morning here in this room. He will continue to move in your hearts and your life this week. Um, celebrate God this week. As you see God move, celebrate him. T- stop, take a second, and just praise God for that. Um, we'll see you next week. We're going to continue this series on Ezra. Thanks for being here. We'll see you then.